Welcome back to the Too Dumb to Quit podcast with Jeremy McCall. Very talented. God awful ugly. <laughs> All right, friends and neighbors, welcome to the uh, the Too Dumb to Quit podcast. Nice to be back. Finally, not sick as a cousin fucker. <laughs> That's a lot of F-bombs that to is. start this thing. Um, that is. I hope my wife's not listening to this. She's been on me about the F-bombs lately. Has she? She has. She has. I drop them all the time, though. I do, too. It's um, a problem for it me. It is. Yeah, dude. I have a. I have a. I it's have not, I mean, it's not a problem for me. It seems to be a problem for other people. It is for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Which, at their point, is, is their problem. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't recommend that for home use, Joe. Uh, love you, honey. <laughs> So before we go any farther here, uh, I want to introduce uh, our guest this week. I'm really excited. So I met him um, like a couple days ago, a week ago or something. Yeah, man. We were uh, over at Billy, uh, Alcorn's. Billy Alcorn's Case Company, which Billy knows everybody in town. He does. He has great stories. Unbelievable stories. And he goes, man, you got to come in because I was going to go by and go grab these uh, platforms that I had to get. And he goes, man, you got to come in tomorrow. This fucking cat named Blind Joe's coming in. You watch The Voice? And I'm like, no, I don't watch The Voice. <laughs> He's like, you got to come in. You got to check him out. So I'm like, all right, man. He said, CJ from Gary Allen's band's bringing him in. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come by. And came in, and Joe just happens to be cooler than the flip side of the fucking pillow. Oh, and I was like, oh, I got to have this guy in the podcast. So... Um, we got Blind Joe in the yeah. house in the tour bus today. Salutations. How are all? you, buddy? I am fantastic, dude. Thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, it's a beautiful it. day and uh, yeah, drove man. up to Gallatin. Yeah, we got like above 60 today. It's so beautiful. That is a plus. And you're from Fargo, North Dakota. Well, actually, outside of Fargo. I was born in Fargo, but I grew up outside of a small town called Kindred, North Dakota. Kindred. Yeah. And it hasn't hit 65 people. there in probably no. a while. Yeah, it has been a while. I think it was like 40 today, and that's that's like heat wave status for us. Oh. It's November now, man, so yeah. the snow is a-flying. It's crazy. There. So you guys just moved to town. We did, yeah, about a month ago. Actually, a month ago uh, today. And uh, and so we're gonna kind of go through your journey here. Your wife's here today. She is. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Leanne. She's way back there. I don't she know puts she, up with you. She does. She does. You're it's lucky. A, it's a chore. You're lucky, man. <laughs> you you fell into that thing like I did, where we find women that are better than us. Yeah, absolutely. That will put up with us. A hundred percent, man. Because you're a handful. I'm. Uh, I'm definitely that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's start things off with. So why do they call you Blind Joe? Well, because I'm blind, obviously, <laughs> and my name is Joe. And a lot of people think it's a it's like a stage name or something. Because really? I get, I, it, you know, I didn't really have it happen until I came down here. If I'm being honest, but uh-huh. I get people that come up to me all the time at, at Tootsie's and stuff, and and they're like, "So your stage name is Blind Joe, but your real name's not Joe, right?" <laughs> well, <laughs> well, why? Yeah. Why yeah, the fuck well, would anybody? I, I have no. You'd be like, no, no actually, idea. the name's Joe, but I'm yeah, deaf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We just we felt like Blind Joe yeah. had a better ring to or it. Or they ask me how blind are you, which I suppose is is, you know, that's a little more uh, tolerable because I guess, there are yeah. different degrees of blindness. You right. Know? So I'm I'm a hundred percent blind, totally You're, blind, it, totally blind from yeah. birth. From birth, yeah. I uh, was born at three months, or excuse me, six months, three months early. Whoa. Yeah. So um, when when I was born. They told my parents that there was a 98% chance I was not going to make it. If oh I my did make it, God. I was going to be severely multi-handicapped. So uh, long story short, uh, the only thing that happened was my retinas didn't end up attaching. So I have what they call detached retinas or retinopathy of prematurity. If okay. you want to get all medical about it. 
But, uh, yeah, that's really the only thing that was wrong with me. Although, you know, mentally, my wife might say there's a few other things. <laughs> Leanne might, but, yeah, disagree she might disagree with with a little bit. <laughs> you were born at six months? Six months, my man. Holy shit. Yeah, and they say, uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine. His name is Rick Beato. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a big YouTuber now. But he, was, uh, he produced my record here okay. a few years ago. And he was saying, which I didn't know, that uh, a lot of problems that uh, stem from premature birth are lung related. Really? And, uh, yeah. So your lungs don't fully develop as well as visual stuff. So I'm really lucky in that department because let me tell you, bro, yeah, you're I, a got great a, fucking I got singer. a set of lungs on me, if nothing else. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Dude, you're an amazing singer. That All it things. blew me away. I don't know about amazing, but um, and it's, it's not one of those proud things. Proud to be a country singer, that's for sure. Because it's like, you know, I, I like that we don't let, um, you know, shit outside of our control define us. You know yeah. what I mean? That's kind of the whole point of this podcast. Right. It's like, look, you control what you can control, and um, then everything else, you, you just do what you do, you know? Sure. And, dude, by the way, best title of a podcast I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> like, too dumb to quit. <laughs> too I'm dumb like, to quit. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> dude, oh, I, I heard brilliant. that for the first time. Uh, Ron White told me that oh, when dude. I was out on the blue collar thing, you yeah. know, he was like, Jeremy, if you want to be a songwriter and all you got to do to talk like Ron is put a couple <laughs> pieces of ice in your mouth. You know, he's like, if you want to be a songwriter, <laughs> you, it, you don't, you're not, look, you're not good looking. You know, <laughs> he told me I look like a Cadillac with both doors open. I'm like, Ron, dude, fuck you, man. And he goes, you just got to be too oh, dumb to quit. And, and from that moment, I was like, man. That is exactly what I want to be. That's a song title, buddy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dude, I, I, we should write that. We should write that, like, right after we're done recording Let's do this. it. Um, so you got your start. Okay, so you're born six uh, six months, three months early, <laughs> which me. is just, that's madness. So yeah. when you're coming into, like, I... My uh, my wife's cousins right now they've they've got a little boy who was uh, born without sight. Oh wow! And it's an amazing thing to watch people that uh, have no um, like. Did your parents have any? They had no idea, no concept, no nothing. I'm, I like now talked to my dad about it now, yeah. and you know he's like, I was, that's the most scared I've ever been. Because yeah. what do we do? I mean, already, and they were young. You know, I mean, right. they were you know twenties, mid twenties, early twenties, whatever they were. And uh, it was it just my mom and dad both said they were just so scared and so freaked out. But they decided early on that they were just going to raise me like they would raise any other kid. Right. Um, obviously, you know, there's things that they had to modify. I mean, like, you know, teaching me how to ride a bike and stuff like that. Sure. But I mean, I did all those things and I was, you know, I was tearing around the neighborhood on my bike just like all the other kids. I would just follow the sound of their bikes and their voices and stuff like that. And wow. I, I went to public school and. Uh, played Nintendo with my buddies. You know, they'd tell me where to go, and we, man, we rocked it. I was a, I was a Street Fighter Two champion, <laughs> and uh, and I rode dirt bikes and everything, man. And I, wow. it's just, it's all, it's all about, um, you know, not being sheltered and not saying, hey, you can't do this or you can't do that. And that my parents, thankfully, were were cool enough to just be like, you know what, dude, try it. Yeah. Go ahead, have at it. And, uh, you know, I got hurt a lot. I busted up my wrist on my dirt bike and whatever else. But, I mean, dude, that's just kids. You know, right. that crap happens as a kid. And, yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm so thankful that they, uh, 
that they raised me the way they did because I, uh, before I left, uh, well, before I got on The Voice and really started doing this music thing full time, I was a teacher for the state of Minnesota and I taught blind and visually impaired people how to use the accessibility software that comes with their computers and phones and really? whatnot. And it's really uh, sad and, and surprising how many blind people you find that are sheltered and don't have uh, social skills. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's because their parents are so scared and so afraid that, you know, oh, my gosh, what are they going to do? How are they going to react to the real world? And how are they going to be able to do anything out there? Yeah. So they haven't been taught. And what, the, what parents don't think about is what are these people as adults Number one, how are they going to live? And number two, what are they going to do when you're gone? You yeah. can't take care of them forever. Right. So thankfully, I had a really, and still do have a really great set of parents that have always been like, you know what, dude, just do it. Go for it. Be you. Do your thing. And yeah. if you get hurt, we're there for you. So, Dude, I got goosebumps, so, yeah. man. What an amazing, what an amazing uh, perspective, especially you know right out of the gate you get like this fucking massive dose of perspective right out of the gate which it took me 35 years or yeah. as my wife might tell you i still haven't gained <laughs> totally right. i think i think that, that might just be a guy thing <laughs> it as might far be. as we're concerned oh, but you know shit. and a lot of my um a lot of my being so you know adaptive and and i guess normal is not the word i'm looking for but it's you know just like the other kids, a lot of that was music with me too, you know, because yeah. my grandpa got me into, you know, Hank and Haggard and stuff like that. I mean, I was two, three years old. Uh, and he taught me how to play on a cheap Sears and Roebuck guitar that he tuned up to a Dobro. And, Jesus. and, uh, it's like you were fucking born in the twenties. Yeah. <laughs> a Sears and Roebuck that, that we sold a house yeah, to get right. during the great no, depression. No, oh no. shit. He, grandpa just didn't have a lot of money, you know, and that's what he could afford. And, that's amazing. And so, uh, dude, what, do you know how sought after those fucking guitars are now? I know. Though? Everybody I, wants mine those guitars. Is all busted. And dude, I was, cause I was such a rough kid. Do you he, still have it? He, uh, well, maybe at my parents' house. I don't know. But what he did, man, it was really cool. He, he took a metal plate and glued, mailbox letters that were that would correspond to the position of the notes okay and taught me the notes and i was like three years old four years old taught me the notes what they were and how they corresponded to those mailbox letters so i could feel with my thumb as i was sliding along 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 the the outside of the neck right right yeah so i would know where everything was and we would i mean we would jam for hours and hours and hours and that's how that was and that's always been my icebreaker yeah with people no matter what because when you get into a situation people get uncomfortable and it's not because they're like oh blind person holy crap right they're just like okay how do i react to this situation i don't want to offend this person and i don't want to look like a a dumbass right you know what i mean yeah and so to be able to uh, have that as an icebreaker, to sing songs and play and, and entertain people, number one, now it's something that I absolutely love. But back then it was a way for me to fit in. Right. You know what I mean, it's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so as you're for people who don't know, uh, Joe, you, you he lays the guitar on his lap and plays it like a lap steel. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Like um, Jeff Healy style. Right. And so I, when I was watching him the other day, because I, I was wondering to myself, I was like, how the fuck does he know where he's at on the fretboard? And and then I noticed your thumb. I watched yeah. your thumb mm-hmm. uh, kind of guide along that. And um, what an incredible thing, man. Thanks, I mean, man. music is such a savior it for is. so it many really people. Is. You know, it's everybody that I've talked to about it, poor, 
you know, rich, it doesn't matter what yeah. background you come from. Everybody's got their own issues. You know, I came from a dirt, dirt poor family. Mm-hmm. And music was the thing, man. I just didn't give a fuck about anything else. I hated school. Mm-hmm. I wasn't good at anything. Yeah. I'm not an athlete. I'm dude, a, I get it. I you get know? it. I mean, I was the blind guy, dude. I, I can't tell you how many jobs that I applied for and got turned down. And, I mean, I would have people stand right in front of me and tell me, uh, sir, I'm sorry, you're blind. We have nothing for you. Jesus. And... You know, I mean, that's, that's the point where you just, you get to a point where you're just like, oh my gosh, okay, well, am I going to live on social security my right. entire life? Right. And the answer for me is, fuck no, I'm Hell not. No. <laughs> I got a lot more to do than yes, you do. live in some one room apartment for the rest of my life. Well, and that's the, the, the coolest thing about music, man, is it saves everybody. Yeah, and it's so universal. It it's, is. It really is. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at, who you're with. When you, you can always the, put a smile on somebody's face with a song. At least when you that's see the what I've shit found. that happens, like on the autism specter, uh, yeah, spectrum, absolutely with kids, dude. And here's let me tell you straight up how I know that music is healing and how it saves people because this this was a very profound thing for me. When I got off the Voice, they asked me to go sing at a children's hospital, mm-hmm. and that for me was just like it was awesome, right? I was like, okay, this is this is cool because. Obviously, being a premature you know, kid and all this yeah. kind of thing, I thought this would be really neat. And I went into this room, and I, I think this little girl's name was Katie, but she was in a very, very bad way. And they had told me that she just she hadn't been feeling the best for a long time, and they didn't, they didn't give me any huge specifics, but it was obvious that she was not doing well at all. Uh. And I went in and, you know, put a smile on and I said, hey, Katie, you know, my name's Blind Joe. I just want to sing a couple songs for you. And she didn't really say much. She kind of tried to smile, but it was more of a uh, kind of thing. Yeah. And I sat down, man, and I played a couple songs and I talked to her about the voice. And man, she just lit up, started talking more. And That's awesome. The, and all the nurses had told us, they're like, you know, we, we, we don't know when the last time was that we've seen her like that. Hmm. That's just amazing. Thank you so much. And that to me is just, I mean, that's, that's a prime example of the power of music. Fucking impact. You man. know, and it's, it's such a wonderful, w- wonderful gift to be blessed with. And I think, you know, what sucks for me is, dude, I took, I took it for granted for so long yeah. uh, with, with my time with alcohol. And, and, not, and that's not to demonize alcohol because no. I, I don't have a problem with it. But for me, uh, it got way out of control almost yeah. killed me a few times so <laughs> yeah I, I feel you on it. so when you get back into the, the art know, the art of it exactly yes. and why you're here and why you're doing it and you know a little marijuana helps things a lot too. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> this but would be no. a good time to talk about my pure hemp cbd.com amazing man. people robin lockwood um so okay and and this isn't you know it's just an interesting thing for me because I have I have no experience. With I ramble whatsoever. on and get off topic. No, so I, I love it, man. I love it. There is no topic on this show. We talk about cool. whatever we want to talk about. So you go through school. Yeah. You start playing at like four years old. I did. Yeah, I was about three or four. Yeah. And uh, you're listening to Hank. You're listening to Merle Haggard. Hank Thompson. I had a lot of Hanks in my life at that point. Williams, Snow, Thompson. Yeah. Um, I was rocking a little bit of Cochran too. I think. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, and then Haggard, um, and, of course, Hank Jr. I'm a huge, huge, huge Hank Jr. fan. Hell, yeah. Have you met Hank Jr.? I have not. Okay. I have not. So we need to talk to Lee Kelly and set that up, because I, be I know Lee used to, Lee played with me forever. Lee, if you're listening, 
We need to get Blind Joe out to a Hank show. That'd be really awesome, man. I have a song uh, that I wrote called Hardwood Floor, and before I play it, I tell the crowd that I wrote this song to blatantly rip off Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> without blatantly ripping off <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. So you be the judge, inspiration or plagiarism. <laughs> so you go through uh, you go through junior high, high school. Did you yeah. graduate? I did, yeah, I did. I, uh, I had a lot of great uh, teachers that helped me uh, help me graduate because had I been on my own I don't know that that would have happened but yeah. uh, my uh, you know I started getting into more rock and roll and heavy metal and stuff as I got into my teenage years so I retuned the guitar to standard tuning and uh, taught myself how to play just you know fretting and stuff so I use kind of like a uh, extended power chord is okay. what I would call it, and I just kind of move it up and down. It's a really, really a cheater's way of playing guitar, but hey, <laughs> whatever gets the job done. My whole fucking done, career is built on that, buddy. <laughs> so what? What kind of band? Like when you say you're Pantera, listening to metal, oh, I shit. love Pantera. It's still my favorite band, Pantera. Yeah, um, Seven Dust. I'm a huge Seven Dust fan. Got the chance to hang out with those boys. Really? Uh, here this past summer, me and LJ hopefully gonna get something down. I don't nice. know for sure, but man, that'd be a dream come true for me. But uh, how, how do you find it's funny because people find metal in their own like, yeah, I, I remember uh, going to some parties in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I did everything quick. I had a kid at 16. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so I was out drinking pretty heavy, you know, right, as a right. teenager. Um, but going to parties was the first time I heard like Pantera. Yeah. So the how I, yeah, album, how I right? got into metal was I was uh, I was probably about nine or ten. And uh, we started doing foster care at that point. And we had a couple of kids with us and one of the girls, her name's Heather. I, I still talk to her this day. She's an amazing, amazing girl. And uh, she was into Guns N' Roses. They, okay. were, they, were, they were huge at the time. Yeah. She was into them, and I'd never heard of them before because, of course, my dad was like, you ain't playing that shit in my house. <laughs> and, uh, and Put on some Hank Snow, goddammit. Yeah, it. and at the same time, uh, my daycare provider's son had the Black Album, uh, Metallica's Black yeah. Album. And so That's between, a barn burner, between man. Appetite for Destruction and the Black Album, that was my kind of introduction to rock and roll. And from Metallica, I my ear told me that it was overproduced. So I wanted something that was really in your face and raw. Yeah. And I had asked a buddy of mine that worked at a record store, you know, what can you give me that's a little less studio than this? And he goes, well, why don't you check out Pantera, man? Check out Vulgar Display of Power. And yeah. that was it for me. I was <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what the hell I'm looking for. Man, I, so. you know, I was always a singer-songwriter guy. Like, I love Jim Croce and the Marshall Tucker Band. Oh, yeah, and all man. That that's back when people could, you know, sit down with a guitar and write a song. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and then I found that Black Album as a teenager mm-hmm. and that was you know for me that was as metal as your old fucking hop along macomb wanted to get man because yeah. that record was killer <laughs> yeah, but i really, really also love pop music i do i love pop melodies See, i i love pop. i am a pop hook fanatic yes you can probably tell that because you've heard me sing my songs yes. and you can probably tell the the hooks are very trilly like the ends of my choruses get very uh Timberlakey kind well, of not 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 too fancy schmancy but they have a, a certain flavor to them and I get that from people like Brian McKnight yeah um, fuck yeah and stuff like that because uh, yeah I love all kinds of music I man. do too man even the even the shit that I really don't like I I have a tendency to gravitate toward because I want to know what's going on you know what exactly. I mean exactly I think that uh, there is some sort of merit in even the shittiest music 
Oh yeah, uh, man. At, at times, absolutely. There are some bands like Sam Hunt. I don't know where his merit lies, but I'm sure it's there somewhere. Well, and you got to think too. Even with fucking, <laughs> even with fucking garbage. That. No, it's fine. Even with fucking music that you might listen to and go, "This is this is fucking garbage." There's somebody out there that 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 tune really is their lifeline. With them. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And Absolutely, and like, and listen, you know what? And there's a, obviously a lot of somebody's out there that a lot of this music connects with. Like I right. said, Sam Hunt. Well, look, the guy sold, outsold everybody. Period right. for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. Exactly. Okay? So he's not doing something wrong. Well, it's like it's like when the, you know you got the Texas thing where you get this fuck Nashville thing, which yeah, I'm like, man, I, don't understand. I mean. I get it because you yeah. go to Texas and Texas has their own thing and, and they're they're, they're very take, proud. They're, they're very, very proud of proud. it and it's cool. And Texas has been great to me. I yeah. I've somehow fallen in the middle of it, mm-hmm. which I feel you will too. I I don't think you're ever going to get pigeonholed because you're just too fucking cool. Oh, thank you. Thank and you, man. Um, I don't I don't really know how to respond to that. <laughs> you are, man. <laughs> thank and, you. And so <laughs> when you okay, so you you go you get through high school, and uh, when you decide now. I've got some friends in Minnesota. I play Minnesota a lot. I love Minnesota. And they Hello, would hang. Minnesota. They would hang in Fargo. Yeah, that's my stomping ground. And they Fargo used to come North. watch you play. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. My buddy Brady Collins. Yeah, man. That the, I've uh, I've done a lot of stuff in Fargo. So probably like, uh, did he tell you what what bar? I don't remember. Maybe the Nestor. Uh, could have been O'Clevy's up there. I've played a bunch of different places. Yeah, up there, but they said they used to go watch you play, that's and because um, I was telling them about you, and it's. Uh, so you start playing in clubs when you get out of out of high school, out of college. I, uh, you, you... So my thing was, I went to uh, school in Little Rock, Arkansas, for a while, and I started playing honky tonks out there because, well, there was a dude that had came in to where I was going to school, and he goes, "Yeah, I just got done playing the bar down the street out there. I was playing for tips and made a hundred bucks." And I went, "Shit, I knew you that. made a hundred bucks." <laughs> Shit, dude, I am in the wrong business here. Like, I, you know, and of course, I was what, 19, 20 years old, so cocksure right. and ready, you know what I mean? So I went down there and knocked them out, man, made like 350 bucks. And that first night I played there, and I, that was it for me. I was like, well, I know what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's your aha moment. Yeah. Like, so I kind of I got through school down there, and when I went back home, I was like back home with my parents and I really didn't really know how to break into anything in Fargo. So I ended up going back to school in Arkansas. Uh, and I was, uh, like doing college education. Yeah. Well, it was like a, yeah, it was a place called world services for the blind actually. Okay. So what I was doing the first time I was going for like a PR thing and I nailed that. No problem. Second time I was going because they had a job placement thing there and they were going to place me, uh, with the IRS doing tax law and stuff like that. Phone calls and stuff. And yeah, it's brutal stuff. Yeah, that sounds awful. Brutal stuff, but I could have done it. It was easy. It was just, right. You know, boring. Yeah. But, uh, so I was going th- through that whole training process, and while I went through that, I had told them I'm going to be playing the honky tonks, you know, on the weekends and probably on the weekdays because that's where I'm making money. Yeah. And they said, "Well, you have to apply for a second job because you're technically employed through the federal government. So in order to get another job, you have to apply." And I told him, "Well, that's fine. I'm going to apply." But the guy had told me he said, "Well, I'm going to turn you down because you don't need to be going out and playing these honky tonks. You need to be working on your studies and this and that." And I told him. My exact words to him were, you can do whatever the fuck you want, but I'm still going to play these honky-tonks. Yeah. So he didn't like yeah, who me. who the fuck is this guy to tell you you shouldn't be in a honky-tonk? Yeah, and he, he didn't like me and, uh, of course, denied my application. 
and I went and played the honky tonk the next day. And then two, two days later, they said, oh, we know that you're doing drugs and smoking weed and whatever else. So we feel that we need to get, you know, kick you out of the program, but whatever, man. I mean, that's I mean, all right. A high five would yeah. have been fine. <laughs> yeah. <I'm laughs> We're going to go there. Yeah. So no, I mean, and that was fine, dude. I, then, so then I came back to Fargo and, and, uh, just kind of started, uh, this is, uh, I, I didn't have any way to like make CDs, so I was making tapes. Holy crap, I forgot about this. Yeah. I, would, I would record like three, three or four songs onto a tape and go around to bars in Fargo and drop off these tapes. Yeah, man. And, uh, and that's how I started getting my first shows. And then uh, I ended up hooking up with a promoter in, in Fargo. His name is Jade Nielsen, one of the most wonderful people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Has helped me out tremendously uh, with my career, and he put me on... Uh, on a Craig Morgan show and a John Hyatt show. Nice. And then put me out with uh, David Allen Coe for a few dates. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about apeshit crazy. That guy's such a... Can I, I don't know. You can say whatever you want. Well, I don't want to burn any bridges, but what an asshole. I he, mean... He, uh, well, you know, he and it's just, a, a he different school. He constantly treats people like shit. I don't understand that. Like, yeah. Talk to people with respect. That's... I mean, there's no reason to be... I think... I think he's just old. He's old. He's, he's, he's senile. Seen it all. Done it all. He's been around. Yeah. Um, I know that at Willie's picnic. Um, but Willie's old and seen it all. Done it all. He's the nicest motherfucker there. He okay. is. And Willie puts David Allen on the other stage when he plays it. He just he puts him on the other side of the fairground so he doesn't have to deal with it. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, David Allen. That's a it's an interesting group of people. That dude. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, so you you go out, you're doing the shows. Is yeah. this now? Is the promoter up in Fargo the guy that p- helped put you in on the voice? No, no, I did the voice stuff um, on my own. On your so own. I started just kind of playing, and I wasn't doing. Um, I know I wasn't playing a lot. I was playing probably every other weekend or every weekend sometimes. God damn! Did you do you hear the sirens? Yeah, is this your parole is, status? Yeah, yeah, dude, they found me. Did out. Did you run away they with your fucking out, ankle dude, bracelet? I guess I'm going back to Minnesota. I'll it's see like you the later, rough man. streets of Gallatin. <laughs> Fuck! It's like live PD is going to open up this bitch <laughs> right. in a minute. Christ! <coughs> Excuse me. So you, um, but no, um, I forgot. So you're playing here. the clubs, <laughs> oh, doing yeah. that shit. Yeah, and so um, I've been doing that, you know around uh, North Dakota, Minnesota, and South Dakota, stuff like that for five, six years, and doing okay, but not doing great, because I was doing it all solo. I didn't have a band or yeah. anything like that. It was acoustic shows. It's tough, man. It, uh, it was. It was. And Leanne and I, I asked her to marry me, and so once we got married, I... What did I, she say? She thankfully said yes, and she's still <laughs> here, if you can believe that. She's been through a lot of shit with me, so it is surprising. <laughs> But uh, when she, when we got married, I told her, I said, well, you know, I, I got to try to get this music thing going a little farther because we're not going to be able to make it on what we're making now. And yeah. so I said, what do you think about trying out for The Voice? And she goes, well, yeah, let's give it a shot. So we took our only credit card and maxed it out and drove 13 hours to Chicago in a blizzard Jesus. and stood in line for I don't even know how long and... Thanks yeah, explain to, that thanks process, to God dude. And Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> explain the process. So you put in an application. I did. Yeah, you go online and they have you set up a little account thing there, and you you. Uh, Do you send in like a video? Uh, you know, man, I think so. I think so. I I don't really remember if yeah. they have you upload one or not. Now you can you can do just a video audition, but if you're gonna go out for the voice, don't ever do that. They they're not. They they don't take them as serious as a regular audition. So definitely take the time to go 
and, Go and do show your up. thing. Show them what you have and what you can do. Yeah. Um, but uh, you make an account and then um, you sign up and then they have it's just basically a like a cattle call, man. I mean, you yeah. go to, to the venue, which was at the Navy Pier is where we went in Chicago. Okay. And yep. you stand in line or sit in line for eight hours or however long it is. And then they bring you into a room with, I think it was 10 other people. You have 20 seconds to sing. They call your name. You stand up and sing and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. So you, you're standing in a room with 10 people. You yeah. each have 20 seconds to sing. And 20 then, or 30, something and like the, that. And then they pair you down to go to the next. No, then they just tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they, yeah, then they trim you down, yeah. So then they say. Um, All right, a Joe, lot of you're them, in. Right. A lot of them, though, they just said, sorry, whole room, bye. Right. And that was it. Um, so they picked me from that room and then I went on to another audition, which was at a, an actual studio in town. So we ended up having to stay in town. Is this the same day? No, this was a couple days later. Okay. So a couple days later. And yeah. these are probably what? Executive producers like or that. shit yeah. like and that? The, and casting director. Yeah. Michelle, sweetest lady you'll ever meet in your life. Full of energy. Totally awesome. Uh, and it's her job to put together a creative cast yes. that is compelling and... You know, and and people, I think, have a have a skewed view of how yes, kind of was, these shows work. I was just going to say know? that, dude. I was just going to say that. It's people think that if you're the best singer, you're getting on the show. It's called the Voice, and that's the way it is, right, folks? What we have to remember is television is television. Television right. works based on ratings, and the best story gets the best ratings, of course. So you can be the best singer in the world, uh, but if you're boring, you know, right. the guy that is a mediocre singer that you know, survived a plane crash and carried six orphans to safety is probably going to get your slot. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, exactly. that's just the way it goes. Yeah. So, so they, a couple days later you go in, you're in front of some producers, casting yeah. directors. Yep. And they were, um, you know, they had a couple of questions. Had I ever performed with a band and this and that and the other. And then they basically said, well, if we call you, you're in, if we don't, you're not. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so we went home and just kind of waited and thankfully got the call. And then they, how long out. does that take? That was, Maybe what was that like two weeks, three weeks, something like that. Something, yeah, three two weeks, three weeks. So they so. fucking make you wait. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. And for a raging alcoholic at the time, <laughs> waiting was not a thing that I was good at. So yeah, man, I, so, I might have lived um, in Minnesota, but Tennessee got a lot of my dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, then but, did they give you a date? Hey, okay, we're uh, gonna they fly it out. Just called or? and said, yeah, yeah, we're gonna fly you out, and uh, you'll. Uh, have a, another audition, so that is in front of like network execs and that kind of thing. Um, so they fly you out to that, you do that audition, and then you had, I think we had another audition after that. And that's just to make it to the live just show. Just to get to the live show. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, they have two meetings the good meeting and the bad meeting. And if you're in the bad meeting, of course, you're not on the show. And if you're in the good meeting, you're on, you, you're in, on the blinds. Okay. And uh, that's where we ended up. Yeah, man, it's it crazy. It was nuts. It and so was, your family uh, comes out. Were your mom and dad? Yeah, there? yeah. My mom and dad were able to fly out. And, uh, Leanne, you're there. Leanne was there the whole time. Whole time. Whole time. Yeah, it was really cool. They were super awesome to us and very supportive. And there was no nothing crazy. It was just like, all right, dude, we're uh, here for you. So come did on. Did you in meet and, any of the celebrity judges before you went on? Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think we did. No, um, because there's so many. Like, there's a there's a lady here in town. I'm not gonna say her name, but mm -hmm. um, you may know her. Uh, but she casts some of those shows. Mm -hmm. 
where it's like um, I had a couple friends of mine who got a phone call to do the uh, America's Got Talent, uh-huh. and then they got guaranteed like a top five oh, wow. spot or whatever. And I don't know how that shit works. I've never been involved in anything right, like that, right. but. Um, it's like, damn, yeah, you know, because dirty pool. But yeah, look, man, exactly. I mean, yeah, and you know as well as I do. That's that's the business. television. Like, you that's know? just yeah. it. That's the way it is. It's the way it goes, and and uh, it's shitty. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's but TV. it's the game. You know, it's TV. It's the game. So you yeah. get on there, you find out you're going to be on the live show. You got to be shitting bricks. I right. I was man, and you know. The, here, here, here's the thing about shows like that too: is there's a lot of hurry up and wait. Okay, mm-hmm. so you got a lot of time to sit around and really think, overthink right. things, and that's a problem for me because I'm already a start really questioning your person. songs. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't be doing. Fuck. Maybe well, I should have done. And it was it was never really a question of song choice for me. It right. was just a matter of psyching myself out. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, dude, should I really be here? Like, am I? I'm, I got to sing in front of all these people, and these cameras are broadcasting to how many millions of people? And holy shit, you know. Right. And you got all this time even before the. The performances, you know, you're sitting there sometimes three, four hours just doing nothing. So, you know, yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, if you're a nervous person like me and you get in your head, yeah. Um, you know, I wish I was one of those people that could really rely on ego and just think I was like a complete badass (laughs) all the time. And that was another thing too, is I couldn't have my good buddy Jack Daniels with me because there was no, there was a no drinking thing and I wasn't about to get kicked off the show for having a a shot. You know what I mean? So, but now, had I had I had my good buddy JD with me, things, <laughs> things would have went a little differently. A vape pen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that too. Yeah, and see, I wasn't even. I didn't even have like a, a medical card or anything then, which I should have because my back was so messed up. But that's a totally totally separate thing. But uh, so you go out. Um, obviously, Leanne and your parents are standing kind of in the wings. Yeah, and you go out to um, now. I. I've, I've seen The Voice a couple times. I've always said if The Voice was really like the music business, they would start with their chairs facing forward, and when you walked out, they would just turn, turn around. around. <laughs> <laughs> but so you go out there. Uh, uh, yes. I did go YouTube your audition, yeah. and uh, you could tell I was nervous, couldn't you? You were nervous. Did you yeah. see me? Uh, did you see me stop playing about halfway through and just try to concentrate on the vocal? It, did you really? Yeah, I didn't catch the it. The reason the reason I was so nervous is because they well. Uh, two reasons, actually. First of all, they told me that I wouldn't be able to know if a chair turned because they edit the sound in afterwards. Ah, uh, see, there's no... So there's no... Yeah, so there's no... When yeah. the chair turns. Second reason I was so nervous, because there's a producer. Her name was Brittany. Brittany, if you're listening, I still hate you. And uh, <laughs> she came up to me literally five seconds before I went on stage, and she goes, honey, you don't look so good. Are you okay? I go, no, ma'am, I'm pretty nervous, but uh, we're going to do this. She goes, you have nothing to be nervous about. You're only singing in front of 17 million people. Oh. And she walked away. Thanks. So, Brittany. Yeah. yeah. yeah Thank you, you. Your time's coming, honey. <laughs> I'm just playing. So you go out and sit. Uh, Blake turns around first, right? Sure. Is that Blake? I think so. And then, uh, um, Leanne's like, I don't know. Then Adam, and I think Blake, Adam, and then right Blake, at the very end, yeah, the Pharrell last two Glenn. turn around, right? Yeah. Pharrell. He's, yeah, what a nice guy, man. Dude, sweet guy. I am such a fucking fan of that guy. Isn't he awesome? Yes. He's and like I didn't know that you had gone. He's of producers and the sweetest dude you'll ever meet. I didn't know that you had gone to Team Blake. So you choose Team Blake. I did, yeah. How many weeks were you on this thing? Um, well, I did three episodes, so okay. blinds, battles, and knockouts. I lost in the knockout round. In the knockout round. Yeah. Um, so that whole process. We were out there for... Mm, An entire summer. Yeah, it was a long time. 
like three four months? months, four months, maybe four three months. months, three months, four months. I, and they I own your remember. fucking life. You're doing. Oh, I mean, yeah. are you doing like commercials? You're getting up. You're singing this. Hey, yeah. go, you, we got to go record this song. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You go. You know, you like you do your recordings and stuff for iTunes, and then you got to do filming and you do promo stuff, and you're doing commercials for Dodge and this kind of stuff. You know, so yeah. There's there's a, really a lot. That it's goes fucking into it. exciting dude, it's though, right? Fun as hell. Like, it's there was so never, exciting. There was never a time where I was like, why do we have to do this bullshit? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that comes later. Yeah, you know, well, you're like, yeah, you know, fuck yeah, this. And if I had to do it every day of my life, like the producers, I'm sure they're like, well, fuck this noise. Yeah. But yeah, for for us, it was like, dude, this is great. I mean, it was really a lot of fun. What an exciting time. It really was. It was super cool. And, and dude, really, the exciting times haven't stopped. I mean, since I got off the show, see, and people say to me, I, I hear all the time, well, dude, I wish you would have won. And it's another uh, thing that people don't, don't know, understand. Is you don't want, you don't want you, that contra- when, right, contract. The contractual obligation is yeah. there. And if when we got, we got out per- perfectly, dude, because we were under absolutely no contracts with them. And we hit a six-week East Coast tour right after that and got all the exposure, had packed houses. All the money I make to this day, it's all mine. Any CD I sell, and I don't have anybody telling me what to do. I don't have anybody saying, dude, you can't release that now. You got to wait because we got to do this with it, and we got to do that. This has to sound like this or that or the other, or you can't sing that song today or tomorrow or... Nothing, man. I do whatever the that hell I want. That is killer. So if you go out in the knockout rounds, you don't have the co- the contractual no. obligations. And now to it. I don't know about the live shows. You might be able to. You might be able to skate by on the live shows too. I'm not sure. Wow. I'm not sure. So did you once? So then when when you left the Voice, they do a tour of it too. No, they uh, that was in the contract, but no, they don't. They don't do a tour. So I just we just set up our own tour. Oh, you and people. Yeah. Me. It was me and uh, a buddy of mine who knew a guy that booked a bunch of rock venues. Okay. So I went out with this rock band called Elysium, who are awesome. Now, I mean, were we the best fit in the world? Probably not. But, dude, we had a fucking blast. (laughs) It was awesome. awesome. It was great. Those guys, we were out for like eight weeks. And it was six or eight weeks, one of the two. Was it six, baby, or eight? Eight weeks. Eight weeks. And um, poor Leanne. Poor, poor Leanne. Because, dude, just dealing the with moonshine and the weed stinky, and the rock bands and... Stinky weed, dudes. It was it was a hellacious tour. We had a lot of fun. It's but, uh, so... I learned, I learned how to not tour. How to not tour. <laughs> on that tour. It's funny, man. <laughs> People ask uh, all the time if Courtney comes out with me um, when we're on the road. And, and they... C- my my wife and my kids come out in the summers. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, just on a West Coast run, just normally takes like two months. Right. But um, the the normal answer to that is like for nine years, I think Courtney came to like three of my shows because Leanne knows this better than than anybody else. Um, it's fuck. It's fucking boring yeah. as shit out here. <laughs> Dude, it's so dude, boring. We were just talking about this earlier today. It's so dumb, <laughs> and it's full oh, of stinky so dudes. True. And it's like you're living in a in a tuna can, you know, smelling coffee and other people's yeah. food. And then you start getting, you know, you're on the road with people eight weeks. You don't necessarily all the way know. Yeah, when we were in the van. We we, the oh, it was just you two. We had a van, but I'm t- I was talking. Okay, that's I, way better. I was talking like the bars and stuff, though. It's so funny because we were talking about it this morning, like talking about playing. Everybody in the world tries and, to get you fucking drunk well, every and Leanne, day. Leanne was always like at my shows back home. She would always do the merch and yeah. be talking to people and stuff. Well, here on the circuit, you know, there's not a lot of that because we're always playing for tips and stuff. So poor Leanne is just sitting there like, okay, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Right. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to drive to the next city. You yeah. got to do all that shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she does. She, uh, Leanne is, I mean, dude, she's the reason that I'm able to do this. I tell her she's it's wonderful. 70% of this business because she makes sure that everything runs smooth, that I have everything I need on stage. She's yeah. running merch. She's chatting people up. I mean, even now, um, when we're here doing Tootsies, you know, obviously we don't do a lot of merch. I mean, I don't pump it just because I'm not, I don't want to be an asshole to everybody else that I'm playing with right. on stage. Right. But, uh, she's always, you know, chatting people up and, you know, Hey, how's it going? You know, where are you from? This and that. And that's a big tip maker for us. So, I mean, she's really the reason that I'm able to, to do this. It's wonderful. I'm so glad that you guys are here. And I I mean, you're getting the full honky tonk experience. You came to town. Yeah. The engine in your fucking van blew. Oh my God. It is a country song. It is a country song. Yeah. We put the, we put the engine in before we left and got, down here and long story short there was blue smoke coming out of it so we took it in and the engine shot we still are trying to figure out all the warranty stuff so we've been without a car for two weeks god that is country music we've been ubering it up man and yeah and uh the folks out here have been really really awesome to us and people like you man I can't thank you. I haven't done anything. I dude, just met you a week ago. You got me on but, the podcast, dude. You're, I'm glad to have you on here. You're trying to introduce me to people. Shit, and, man. I appreciate that. Well, hell dude, out I'm of a fan. I um, I'm a fan I, of yours as well. I uh, I was instantly a fan. Billy, I've known Billy Alcorn for you know shit. I don't know, man. Probably a decade, uh, wow. maybe a little longer. And he's never, never called me and really? said, "Come down here. I want." Well, I mean. Not for something like this. Right, like he, right. He'd be like, hey, come down here. Uh, this guy's a manager. He's a really good guy. You should mm-hmm. meet him. Mm-hmm. But he's never been like, you got to hear this guy. And so when he called me, I was like, yeah, dude, I'll come down. I mean, I'm not going to say no. This guy's yeah. never in a million wow. years, uh, you know, called me for it. And That's so, really cool, man. And CJ, you know, with the Gary Allen band. Isn't he just the sweetest dude? Dude, oh, man, the nicest guy. guy on the planet. And yeah. I, I'd done a couple shows with Gary a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't know CJ really either. And so... I kind of got two for one, man. Got a chance to meet both you boys and and uh, and Leanne Oku, the most important of the group, yes, obviously. Yeah, the the glue that holds <laughs> me together. Yes, <laughs> but man, it's such a cool thing, and it's um, it's such a great thing to have you here. Are you working on a record? You know, man. How's I'm that always, process? I'm going? always writing. I got a bunch of songs, and uh, I uh, I don't have. I don't really have anything in the works. I don't have I don't have musicians. I don't have a studio. I don't have producers. But I got a bunch of songs. So you're doing the you're doing the Nashville thing right now. You're playing yeah. Lower Broadway. Yeah, I'm just trying to pay the bills, dude. Yeah, man. So uh, that's that's pretty much my thing. I'm just trying to work my way up there to hopefully play some of these evening shifts so I can you know make some decent money so I can pay for some studio time and and get a good record out there of, of original music because I've been trying it out on these morning crowds and people are really loving it and. Um, so I think it's just a matter of, uh, being able to get it cut and, uh, hopefully show it to the right people. Well, and that's something a lot of people don't understand either. Um, when you cut to Nashville and you start working kind of this, they call it like this lower Broadway circuit thing where there's, you know, 400 bars that are owned by three different people. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) that's that's about it. Yeah. yeah, So you got to get, you get in with one group and then one group doesn't want you playing for the other group. That's exactly how it goes. Exactly. Drama and all that bullshit. Um, but the good thing is, is every day you're playing and it didn't used to be this crazy. You know, I used to do a Monday night thing down there, which was called inappropriate Mondays. Awesome. And I would do this Don Rickles thing where I would tell people to like, die in a car fire you know like it was it was really really inappropriate 
And um, it's like something my wife would absolutely it, love. It lasted for a little while, <laughs> and then it got to the point where people were like expecting it, like, "Ah, oh, tell this guy he's a piece of shit." And I'm yeah, like, "Okay, this is now people. this is done." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would do like. I would literally, I think our, our record was, I think we did nine songs in four hours. The rest of the time I was just <laughs> telling just people to, to people. yeah get the hell out. Um, but the, so when you start playing downtown and, you, you know, you get into these things like Tootsies or wherever, we're in, you're playing Tootsies now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're playing for tips. The base pay these these bars, even though they're making thirty million dollars a year, the base pay they pay is just shit. Yeah, and so if, if um, there is if there is base pay, if um, are they, is there not even base pay in some of these? Yeah, wow, there, I've played somewhere there hasn't been. So if but you come to Nashville, nothing, nothing. I mean, it's it's like twenty five dollars yeah, for four hours, right? Yeah, and so that's about right. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I think I've gotten, uh, I have got a seventy five dollar base pay, not from the Tootsie Circuit though. Yeah. So people like they really bust their ass to try to get into those Friday Saturday late night things because the tips are so big, right? And and the base pay is probably you know make some sort of a living at it, right? And so if you come to Nashville or you're going somewhere where your your entertainment is playing for tips, it's impair. It's so important, Um, you know. I mean, I would even say your money instead of your uh, money first. Yeah, instead of tipping a bartender, I would tip a guitar player. But oh, well, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, you're right. Like if if you come to Nashville, I, that that would be my advice. I mean, don't come here expecting uh, what you had at home as far as gigging. You know what I mean? Yeah, the guarantees aren't there, and Ooh, it's tough, you don't man. know what you're gonna make in tips because it's not you don't get your own show. Right. It's not like you come it's not like I work Tootsie's ten to two and it's blind Joe all the time. Right. You're working with two other people, um, or a full band and you Oh, so they're putting you up there. You have like uh, like a tri- like you and two other yeah. people that you don't know. Right. Yeah. And oh. and the bands. And the bands, dude. And the bands. The bands that they put They you schedule with? the bands for you? Yes. Oh fuck. And you that. don't know them. Any, oh, any that's awful. Them, any, that's what I'm saying, man. God, <laughs> that's what I was trying damn. to tell you, dude. Not only are they tearing down fucking historic Civil War buildings, now you, they brother, won't even let you have your own fucking band. You can, I think people do, but the morning and afternoon schedule that I've seen so far has been people just coming together and like, hey, dude, what are you playing? Cool. What are you playing? Cool. Right. And we just kind of go with what you know and. Key A boys. One four five. Here we go. Dude, how many times have I said it, Leanne? <laughs> how many times have I said it? Exactly. Key A five. One, one, one four, four five. five. Boys, make Let's a count. go. Here we go. One. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, <sighs> so people that want uh, want to see your show schedule, want to no. know more, is it blindjoe.com? Yeah, man, blindjoe.com. You can find all my social media stuff there. I even have Instagram. Can you believe a blind guy has do you have Instagram? Instagram? I do. So you text do, pre- They ask me on the voice. They're like, hey, do you have an Instagram account? I go, yeah, because, you know, blind people, we love pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, so... That that is something that is something I have a question about because you yeah my you, texting and stuff you text fucking fast I do I do all my uh, you got emojis I, coming in and shit I do and, I I dictate a lot of my uh, texting stuff on my phone I got AirPods and stuff so even okay. when it's loud I can dictate it but then the emojis I have to enter in gotcha stuff. but all that is because uh, Apple products have a built-in screen reader called Voiceover okay and it's a gesture-based screen reader and 
uh, that's so that's how I do everything. That's how I run my whole business between it's my amazing. iPhone and my Mac. And, yeah. And uh, it's really, yeah, it's a really wonderful thing. For all the shit that you can talk about Apple, uh, it's really awesome that they've baked it into their operating system. And it really, uh, it, it has its, um, you know, caveats or whatever, just like any other piece of technology. But sure. it works really well. So I'm thankful for that. That's amazing. And, you know, people always say, Louis C.K. used to do a bit on this. Mm-hmm. It's like people would be like, I fucking, I fucking hate Verizon. And they're like, well, why? Because my phone was weird for a minute. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's got to go to space, asshole. <laughs> yeah, Can you give that. it a second? I remember that. And you know what's hilarious is, like, how many times do we bitch about our phones and it's completely operator error? Dude, you know what right. I, mean? I do it all the time. I'm like, oh, this fucking phone. This thing is a piece of shit. <laughs> and then you're going like, dude, p- this yeah. thing is fucking amazing. Yeah, right. It's the most right. amazing. Dude, it's Star Trek in your fucking hands. Right. Or I push the wrong button. I'm like, you son of a bitch. And what? Yeah. <laughs> It, everything is amazing, and everybody's mad. Dude, get this. I what saw this thing on Facebook it, today, and it was a, a guy from the uh, Pacific Bell Telephone Company, uh-huh. and it was from 1954, and it was an article, and he oh, said... I saw that. Did you see that, where he was talking about how the... Yeah, he was like, the, one of these the days. The phone of the future, you're going to be able to talk and Like, individuals see, yeah, will have it. Yeah, mm. everybody will have one in their hand, and you'll be able to see people on it. And I mean, he was like spot on. I was like, holy hell. I would love to see a resurgence cool. where people just bought a telephone and put it in their fucking kitchen... Like, yeah, right? like the like way we the, grew up. The old school corded yeah. phone. Yeah, Where you had man. to beg your parents to get a longer cord. Right. <laughs> yeah. Landline in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's how they get to talk to their parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got a phone in my room. When oh, I was hi, a kid. Uh, hi uh, Mr. Johnson. Is Andrea home? Yeah. Could I talk to her, please, right. sir? Because it teaches you. <laughs> teaches you that level of respect. Of respect. Like, you, get, you can't just call and go, hey, motherfucker, I want to yeah. talk to your daughter. And dude, and that's the problem. Now, now, we're, now we're sounding old. I realize that. I know. Like old guys, but seriously, dude, this young. But now generation, you can just send a picture of your dick yeah, to somebody you don't even know. It's all dick pics and Pornhub. It's and weird, man. Snapchat and it's like, what the fuck, dude? Doesn't the other anybody thing, have any class anymore? Come no, on. I, it's it's tough. I'm not saying that I'm the epitome of class by any means, because I'm about the quickest guy to tell you to go fuck yourself. But <laughs> <laughs> the same sense. It's Good just Lord. insane. But yeah, I don't know why why everybody isn't just. Absolutely thrilled with our lives all Remember the time. Remember the Jetsons? Remember the Jetsons? We they have, live in they that have now. Like a three-day work week. Do we live in that? And we're now? like so extra. Yeah. Right now that it's my, my wife Leanne said that this morning. She's like, you know, with the life we are living, like not not us personally, but humanity in general, it's so extra. And I was thinking about it's it. I'm like, so fuck, true. you are so right. My honey. neighbor it has a so robot extra. that mows his fucking grass. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. I have a fucking robot that vacuums my apartment when exactly. I'm gone. Exactly, exactly. Mr. Belvedere Mr. Belvedere is great. That's Ours, is Roxy. Roxy? Ours is Roxy. Ours is Roxy. Yes. Like Chicago musical Roxy? Probably. My wife named Very it. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I my wife's it. into that. I love it. My wife is into that, too. Therefore, I have been subjected to it. Yes. <laughs> plenty yeah. of, plenty of, <laughs> it's called minivan compromise. Mini, yeah. Minivan. yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you haven't she, subjected Leanne she, to anything. She huh? hates Hank Williams as much as I can't stand, uh, what's the lady's name, baby, in that musical? Is that it? Catherine, Catherine Zeta-Jones. No, she's not the one I can't stand. I think it, I don't know who it is. Isn't the one? Isn't Catherine Zeta-Jones the one who was married to Michael Douglas who gave him throat cancer? I don't know. Did you ever hear that? Gave, I mean, maybe gave him is the wrong. Somebody throat so cancer. So Michael Douglas got throat cancer, right? Okay. And then he goes on television and says it was caused by giving um, 
his wife too much oral sex. What? <laughs> you, Which I'm like, are you kidding dude, me? Dude, Michael Douglas, how do you go on dude, and blame some your wife's vagina? Needs to put that in a, in a song. <laughs> I ate so much pussy, I got throat cancer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Like Michael Douglas. <laughs> Michael Douglas. Know. What the hell? I'm sure he, some rappers he said that in public on like, television. Wow. But uh, cunnilingus I mean, or whatever, you know, he was like, oh, cunnilingus caused this. I'm like, wow. Well, you're not going to have to worry about getting that anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted. I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted because it's over. <laughs> so, Blind Joe, dude, thank you for coming by, man. Dude, thank you for having me, dude. And, it's uh, a pleasure. I really appreciate it. What Now, if, if you were to talk to somebody uh, starting out, Blind, not blind. Yeah. Somebody in your position um, who was facing uh, an uphill battle, hardship. You know, what? what's the thing that you cling to? What's the thing you go back to? Is there an author? Is there Me? a poet? Is there a song? Well, what, I mean, I always... What go brings you back to it? I always go back to prayer and, and, uh, and to good music, man. So, you know, I always, always go back to prayer and I always go back to Hank Williams. I... Uh, my grandpa and I shared such a connection uh, over Hank yeah. uh, that it's just re- he, his music is really special to me. So um, whenever I'm feeling you know like I have something I need to get through, I'll say a prayer and put on something like Lost Highway or or you know there's a hole in my hey, bucket. Looking or yeah yeah my bucket's got a hole in it or um, why don't you love me or whatever man and and just. Um, just for that couple of minutes, just be in that song and just love that music because I appreciate it a lot. And that's the kind of music that I want to make. You know what I mean? So yeah. it kind of puts me in that mode if, if it's a musical thing that I'm trying to face. But for everything else, um, you know, God and, and my wife are what get me through everything. Yeah. Um, you know, both of them have helped me with my alcoholism and, and it's been a rough, rough struggle for me. And I don't talk about a lot a lot about it, but yeah. I have before, but, um, you know, and, and it's like I said, I don't demonize it. I don't think, you know, that everyone should stop drinking. No, or, it's just a total personal thing. It's, it's something that, um, it's, it's tough for me. Uh, so God and, and Leanne have, have helped me with, with that and with a shitload of other stuff. I mean, even just the stress of being out here, you know, yeah. not knowing really how I'm going to make a living day to day. I mean, playing for tips is shit, man. You don't yeah. make a lot of money. And I got bills to pay and a wife to feed and shit I got to eat too. And yeah, um, but you know, again, I pray and and I lean on her. And of course, I got my little vape pen in my pocket. That helps, <laughs> you know, so I just keep things natural and uh, just try to stay as as grounded as I can, man. Because I think that's important, especially in this business. You can really let things get away from you and think you're more important than you are. And uh, you know really it all comes back to the music and i think people get stuck on themselves and they forget uh yes. how passionate they were when they started and i don't ever want to do that well you know i um uh, man i live through uh, and man the 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 alcohol thing too i ha- i had to i had to curb it too on, on mine mm-hmm. I, I just it hit a point where i was like man i'm just not 
doing the best that I could be doing with yeah. it. You know, and and we, but that's something when you're in this great writing material, man. Yeah, with what we do, but <laughs> you, know? you know, you find yourself in it because it's just there all the it time. Is. And it's there and it's prevalent and it's it's, a, it's glorified. In absolutely, this, in this industry, you know, sure. no one in this industry is going to come up to you and tell you, "Hey, man, take this shot." It's poison, right? But take it. And I mean, I'm not saying that alcohol is like some. Oh, it's poison. Oh, my gosh. Right. But, I mean, dude, that, that's that's what you're doing. When you drink alcohol, you are effectively poisoning yourself. That's well, how you get the effect of alcohol. It's, sure. It's it's filtered through your liver, and, and that's what happens. That's why it's called intoxication, blah, 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 whatever. Right. But... And in there's, mo- and there's some people, there's people man, can handle it. They can you know moderate I mean? it. Yeah, dude. I know a lot it. of people that can go and have two drinks, and they're like... Whoa! I feel, feel great, dizzy, dude. I better. I gotta knock it off. Switch into water for me, right, dude? If I go and have two shots, I'm having two more, right? And then I'm having two more, and then me and you are gonna fucking play music for like eight hours straight, and we're probably gonna go through three bottles of Jack Daniels, and I'll wake up three days later and wonder what the fuck's going on. Right. So <laughs> you know, but but the, I think the biggest point is realizing that, yeah, and is. not continuing to fuck yourself over. And the hardest thing, you know? because it's so physically addictive you know what i mean you get the withdrawals you have the dts the shakes i mean dude there was a time where i needed a half a bottle of vodka to fucking be normal in the morning to walk around all right so there's that aspect of it too and it like you said it's all over it's it's uh it's a big part of this business and yeah and uh that's why i'm i mean i'm glad that i found something like like medical marijuana where you know what? I use it for my back pain, yes. But if I want to catch a little buzz, feel good, I can smoke a little bit more of that. And there's no hangover. There's no physical withdrawal. There's no nothing. It's just a good brain buzz. I can write my music. I can play. I don't have to worry about getting on stage and acting like a dumbass. Yeah. You know? I mean, how many... I mean, can you I imagine, do, dude? Because if I f- smoke weed and get on stage, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine, like, back... I, I think about back in the day, how many shows I played just fucking hammered. Like, oh, if boy. If people would have been taking video of that shit oh, man, and put yeah. it on YouTube... It'd be bad. Like it is now, I mean, holy it shit. It would be bad. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> but... And the other thing right. that goes with that, too, man, is ego. Yes. And you've touched yes. on that a bunch. But it's, dude, ego is the enemy. If, if you haven't read the book. If, it's a heavy thing to carry. That's the problem. You know what I mean? Well, it, and it's all, none of it's real. It's all yeah, manufactured, it's all you know. Head. It's all in your head. And it, it tells you that you're better than you are. It yeah. tells you you don't need the things to learn that you do need to learn. Yeah. And uh, it gets in the way and self-sabotages and all those things. So, yeah, because nobody wants to hang out with you if you're a dick. No. You know what I mean? Like, if you come in and you're like, I'm the best there ever was. Right. People are like, well... <clears throat> Fuck you, right. dude. I ain't talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody wants to be around like an egomaniac. Right. And it's it's uh, it's a great read. If people, if you haven't checked it out, it's called Ego is the Enemy. I preach about it a lot Ego on here. Ego is the Enemy. I yeah. haven't read it, but I'm going to read it. It's by Ryan Holiday, is man. It, uh, is it's, it on Audible? Yeah. Cool. And it's based on stoicism. He's got a new one now called Stillness is the Key. Stillness is the Key. And it's... Um, wow, that does not sound like a book I would get into. Therefore, I'm probably going to read it. It's it's awesome. And... Awesome. and uh, Man, I'm so glad he came by. Do you want to play a song, man? I would love to play a Let's song. Let's play a song. Yeah, I'll grab yeah, I'll I'll I don't know if I'll be able to pick up the guitar too. I bet yeah. Give her a shot, buddy boy. All right. This is a song I wrote, uh, as I said in the uh, earlier in the podcast, to blatantly rip off Hank Williams Jr. Without blatantly ripping off Hank Williams Jr. So this is called Hardwood Floor. It goes like this. 
up that old corner jukebox Let the old number seven pour So for for the this is a uh, we're just throwing mics around in here, seeing how it's set up. But uh, Blind Joe played this the other day at Alcorn Case, and I about fell out of the chair. So this would be a good one to end it on. Thank you so much, dude. Dude, thank you for oh, having me, man. Love you, man. I really appreciate you. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a song okay, so this is a song that uh, I wrote a few years back because uh, I think everybody has a celebrity crush and. Uh, Mine just happens to be Miss Carrie Underwood, so uh, <laughs> I wrote this song. Still funny, I think. It's called Under Carrie Underwood. Some dudes think Miranda is the hottest thing we have. Taylor, yeah, I'd nail her, but her music makes me laugh. Martina loved my winner, but she's not the one for me. Brother under carry underwood that I would like to be. No, I'd have her on her knees and screaming, Jesus, take the wheel. I'd give a thousand dollars just to make her moan and squeal. She's the hottest thing in country, all as far as I can see. And that's why under carry underwood where I would like to be. I know she's married to a hockey man, but they ain't been 
been married long And he's probably gonna beat my ass If he ever hears this song But I'd still like to hit that Even though she isn't mine Oh, I'm sorry, Mike, but she's the one I like, dude It's God's fault she's so fine <laughs> You know I'd have her on her knees and screaming Jesus, take the wheel I'd give a thousand dollars Just to make her moan and squeal Check them out, blindjoe.com, Too Dumb to Quit Podcast. We'll see you next week. God bless you, man. Thanks for having me.